Hi everybody and welcome back to the Agility Rose Talk and Train podcast. So this week's episode is very exciting. We have our first guest um, onto the podcast. So thank you very much Martin for joining us and we're going to discuss today about the Agility World Championship. So um, we had some lovely questions sent in um, via my Instagram for Martin to answer. So let's get started. Um, but yeah, thank you firstly for obviously agreeing to come onto the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, and if you're happy, we'll get started with some questions, if that's okay. Yeah, Lovely. Cool. Go for it. Yes, brilliant. So obviously being in the UK, I know, well, sounds, sounds a bit stalkerish. I know lots about your, you know, success and, and I've previously <laughs> trained with you. So, um, but for anyone who's listening who hasn't, you know, heard of you or heard of your training or anything, um, if you could give us a quick introduction. So, um, you know, a little bit about yourself, um, your dogs, how long you've been in agility for and maybe your favourite achievement to date. Yeah, cool, excellent. So, uh, my name is Martin Reed. Um, uh, currently, I have five dogs at the moment. So, I have Flash, which is my oldest dog, or who is my oldest dog. Um, he is 13 and a bit years old now. So, he had to retire a little bit early as well. Uh, he had a back problem. So, he retired more when he was five or six years old. Um, so, he's been retired for quite a while. Uh, so, I also have Spring as well, who is 10 years old. Um, he is 10 years in 12 days time so oh, bless him. Uh, very close to his birthday um, spring uh, bless him he was amazing he's <laughs> a legend a <laughs> oh I know the thing. <laughs> uh, but still likes to be a pain out and about but there we go. <laughs> um, and then after that we have snooze um, snooze is the dog that I competed with the, um, at the world championships and European opens this year and then after snooze I have shape um, there's quite um, there's only like an 18 month age gap between them so oh, really they were too close together a blessing <laughs> but, um, Spring was supposed to have puppies uh, with Snooze and Shape's mom oh, um, but unfortunately it didn't happen the first time he didn't mate the dog mm-hmm. so we used his brother and then that's how we got Snooze and that's how we got Lemon and then um, a couple of seasons later we tried with Spring again and then everything worked, everything went well, and I couldn't refuse to have oh, spring puppy. So. Which is understandable, obviously. I mean, <laughs> with, you know, spring being the doggy is, you can't, can't miss up an opportunity like that, definitely not. And then, of course, definitely you've got not. Selfie as well. Yes, and then I have Selfie, who uh, is only a baba. She was two years in June, uh, so she's not well, she's not quite two and a half yet. Um, yeah, and she's a shoutie, so my first non non-collie which is oh, different but amazing i didn't realize yeah, she was your first non-collie as well your first abc first wow. yeah, first <laughs> and what a dog to start uh... with as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah well she's quite an easy one she's quite an easy one she's fun as well she's fun so uh yeah that's my dog um Lovely. so that is so uh, how long doing a... uh, yeah, yes so how long? Long? <laughs> <laughs> i got so busy talking about the dogs i was like oh, what's the next question was it uh, so I've been doing agility since I had to work this out before so, uh, but I believe so before my current five dogs I had one more uh, dog which um, unfortunately passed away at old age mm-hmm. um, and I got him for my 11th birthday month. so that was uh, 2004 I worked it out I was 11 years old so I had him in 2004 when I was 11 my parents were doing a little bit of agility just sort of dabbling here and there with it oh. and that's sort of what got me into it and then I begged and begged and begged. And then like six to eight months later of continual begging to give it a go, have a dog. They finally gave in. Obviously, <laughs> I was only 11. So he was a little bit sort of shared at the time. Because yeah. obviously I'm 11, I'm at school. Um, and he wasn't the easiest dog as well. A rescue from Ireland, which means he had so many, <laughs> so many problems. But uh, he was good. And we, le- we learned a lot together. So um, 2004 really to now. So wow. not too far off. 20 years which is crazy I wouldn't have put you <laughs> at that age either I wouldn't have said it would have been 20 years wow that's incredible oh, to be honest <laughs> I only just worked that in my head then and I was like oh my god I'm getting old <laughs> I thought I was about 17 or 18 years old myself I'm like oh hang on that's impossible <laughs> oh mind. wow so lots of experience so um 
So yeah, and in terms of so far in those, you know, almost 20 years, what's been your favourite achievement to date? What's been the best one for you? Well, I've written down a few things. I'll try to think about this. There's difficulties, <laughs> difficulties with it. So um, for me, um, with Brink, he's probably, he's definitely not the most, uh, he's not got the most tickets out of all dogs because I've sort of tried to work it out with other dogs, but mm-hmm. he won 13 championship tickets Gosh, in his incredible. career. Which is um, it's just amazing that that's, that is a lot definitely. <laughs> yeah, without I, I a think doubt. He, annoyingly, I think he actually had more reserves than that as well. So oh. it could have been more, <laughs> but never mind. We'll take oh. it. Yeah. So that's definitely like one of my most proud achievements because I think it doesn't, you know, a lot. I think quite a few people can get like three, four, five tickets, mm. but then to keep the consistency oh. for that long. And especially, um, like you say, with, you know, champ classes, you're not talking one class you've got to be consistent in. You're talking three classes regularly. So that's that's incredible yes, to have that. Yeah. And it was really annoying because it was just before COVID, um, mm. like he got his 13th ticket. And I thought, oh, that's it. It's never going to get any more now. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the unlucky 13th. <laughs> and then COVID hit. And then it was yeah. like, right, well, he's come out of COVID and now he's like eight and a half going nine years yeah. old. So, like, the last couple of years where maybe we could have maybe snuck mm-hmm. another one or two tickets in yeah. was just out. So that was very oh. unfortunate. But Bless him. Happens, happens it does. Everyone, COVID's so. got a lot to answer for, hasn't it? <laughs> Definitely. So but that exciting. was one of them. And then yeah. um, the Southie's third place at the World Championships this year oh. was, of course, one to win yeah. an individual medal. It was crazy. And then we also, um, a few years back, we got a team medal with my large EO team, mm-hmm. which had myself in it, Greg Derrick in it, Natasha Wise in it, and Dan Shaw in it. So uh, I think we were in Austria back oh, then. I can't remember what year it was, but it was about four, maybe four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's um, definitely getting a medal at these, these international events is one of my favourite I mean, it's just something that a lot, I think a lot of people who do agility, they don't, you know, we could, we all dream of it, but to actually achieve it is just another level. So it's, you know, huge congratulations to you because the, the work and I imagine the, you know, the effort you have to put in to get to that um, stage is just, you know, it's renowned in. Um, so definitely give yourself a big pat on the back for that because that's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, I will try. <laughs> so if, if, if you kind of want to, you know, divulge a bit about, you know, obviously you mentioned Selfie's individual um, and I know Snooze, Snooze did so well, bless him. It was just such a shame with that Paul in his, his agility, wasn't it? Um, yeah. But both both dogs, you know, <laughs> placing where they were. So I don't know if you want to kind of divulge a bit more about, you know, how they did um, in terms of your runs and stuff at, at the Agility World Championships this year. So, well, I guess we'll start in <clears throat> chronological order makes sense, yes. I guess. We'll talk through a little <laughs> bit of them. That's all right. So, um, I actually can't remember what height was first anyway, but we'll go through the small first. Yes, <laughs> yes. In my mind, that's that's how it sort of played out. So, um, we had, it was Southie's first, like, big event really indoors. Obviously, she's young, so she's never been to Crufts or Olympia or anything like that. Mm. So, it's a little bit unsure to how she was going to do, but she was absolutely fine, so... Uh, that was good. She's pretty sound and normal in the brain. She's not particularly scared of yeah. anything, any noises, any environment. So that always makes it easier. Um, so we started off with a jumping round. I was just handling quite bad. Um, <laughs> I think we ended up with five faults. We had one pole. Mm-hmm. But um, everywhere was just like she was yipping at me a lot, barking at me. Um, I was just late everywhere and just wasn't handling very well. So mm-hmm. she did well. Mm-hmm. But- of experience and bad handling that just puts her into default like bark mode and not yeah. focusing on where she's going so mm-hmm. um it was a little bit of a right okay we're here we've got a <laughs> we've got to wake up a bit and i've got to do better for her <laughs> um, yeah obviously she's still got so much more to learn but mm. i i knew what i had and where i was at so i i sort of knew the things i needed to do with her yeah um in order to try and obviously get the best results possible um and with the team events all we're thinking of is just trying to get clear rounds because yeah. usually clearing rounds get you on the podium if you can get if you can get three out of four clears because it's the top three um, runs that count. So you have four rounds, four different people in the team or four different dogs mm-hmm. in the team. The top three count. So if you can get three clear rounds out of those four dogs over the well mm-hmm. in each round, so you get yeah. six out of eight overall. <clears throat> yeah. you're almost guaranteed to get a medal yeah. just because of statistics in previous years. So oh, okay. Um, the aims were ideally to try and get the clears, but yes. um, I messed up the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Five faults, but not too bad. 
And then the second one, the agility, um, the course was much more difficult. So it mm-hmm. felt quite well for the individual with the judges, yeah. but on the team, they were reversed. So the teams I had, yeah. uh, Bernard, or I don't know how you pronounce his name exactly, Bernard, <laughs> Bernard something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he was just in the agility, and usually his agility courses are a little bit more difficult than yes. what Jan Eagle-Eiders were. Yes. So for the individual, it felt quite well because we had Jan for the agility and Bernard or Bernd for the jumping, and that was mm-hmm. reversed for the team. So when it came to the team agility, of course, it was just too much for what we had. So mm-hmm. it started off okay, and then it just went downhill, and then just kept going downhill, and we probably had about 10 eliminations. <laughs> um, but there we are. We like I knew to get around that course with where we're at in our training, it was going to be a big ask. So. Mm-hmm. We tried, but <laughs> yeah, we'll, But on uh, the contrary, you know, you, you you took that, you know, you took that experience, and what you did in the individual, which obviously I'll, you'll, you'll explain in a second, was just incredible. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, I guess we learned from it, and we sort of had to go right. We're here now. We've got yeah. two more runs, so oh, we know what we can do. We know what we can't do. So let's just make it happen. So that was my mindset yeah. going into that um with snooze in the team i'll briefly go through that yes so we had we started off with a clear round which was perfect in the jumping um it's really really nice to go in your first run to go clear if you start off with a fault or an elimination it's sort of you've got to pull yourself back up whereas yeah. when when you start off with a clear round crazy firework going off <laughs> <laughs> uh, when, when we when you start off with a clear round it makes it so much easier, I feel, to give yourself the confidence that you're here, you can do it. It just puts you and the rest of the team almost at yeah. ease going into the, the next round. So yeah. really, really pleased with that one because there was some really difficult jumps for snooze in that course. It was a little bit of an awkward course. Mm-hmm. There was some um, what we were sort of referred to as unnatural backsides. So maybe backsides where the dog wasn't on the perfect line going into them. And yeah. he can struggle with those. He's quite a big dog and abroad they use four foot poles. Um, here oh. in the UK, we usually train on five foot poles. Yes. Yeah. So it makes threadles and backsides much more challenging for the bigger dogs when yeah. you're abroad using those small poles. So uh, super happy with his first round. And then the second round, <laughs> uh, was so good. So I was reliving the run in my head again. It was <sighs> perfect apart from one bit where we came out of a tunnel. We had to do tunnel, backside. I think we were going to handle it as a even just a SERP, so just a backside SERP mm. collection and then on to the next bit. And I felt like I had pushed him out, but maybe I was even too early for him. And then as I started to move off to get to the next position, he just came and did Ugh. the jump on the front side and didn't go to the back side. Yeah. And then I was uh, super annoyed because I didn't even think that bit was going to be difficult for us. You've so got anyway, the h- hardest sort of... parts out the way and then it's just yeah, those well, little things, isn't it? <laughs> And then that was an elimination. So, oh. but we tried it quickly again, a wisdom into the tunnel and tried to send mm-hmm. him out again. And then he almost did the same thing. Like I really oh, had okay. to save it. So I don't really know why he found that mm-hmm. section so difficult, but twice in a row, he wanted to do oh, not what I asked. Usually he's quite good at responding to it. So but yeah, I don't know why. Maybe the, there was a jump slightly off to the right, which was sort uh, of forcing his line quite tight. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I feel like if I could set that up today, he would go and do it with his eyes closed. So yeah, it was it was a bit of a disaster that round for us because we had a good jumping round. But there we are. That's agility. Oh, yeah, that is <laughs> um, agility, unfortunately. <laughs> so that was their team round. And then um, we'll start off with Selfie <laughs> in the individual. Yes. She was crazy in the, so the jumping round was first of all, and I sort of, the course was good. So mm-hmm. this was one that burned, I say that every time, um, <laughs> was judging and his agility courses are really, really difficult for us. So when I realized it was him doing the jumping, I thought this is good yes. because a lot of the time he has some crazy uh, weave entries and dog walk layering skills in his yes. agility courses, which we saw in the large. Oh. Thankfully, it worked yeah. quite well. But in the small, I knew if we had that type of course with the experience level we were mm. at and um, what Selfie understands and what she knows, we wouldn't have had a chance, like not even a chance. Mm. I tried two weeks before to try that um, 
center the weaves layer in the dog walk situation yes. so i thought maybe we could get that in the team small thankfully we mm-hmm. didn't but maybe Oof. we could and she didn't she didn't have a clue like oh bless her no there was zero chance of it ever happening at the world so <laughs> i was sort of praying that didn't come up so thankfully he was doing the jumping which meant i could sort of get everywhere necessary to help yes. her um she had a pretty perfect round there were some bits which maybe i could have improved just a tiny bit but in on the whole it was a pretty perfect round um one of the earlier sections i was thinking okay do i work this bit from behind and just try and go clear or do i try and get the best time yeah and i thought well we're at the world championships you've got the best dogs in the world here we just got to go as fast as possible so which must be a lot of pressure uh, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't because yeah. like for me this year, and we'll maybe get into a little bit, um, yes. a little bit later on, but it was Southie's first year and I had no expectations. Obviously mm-hmm. it was, it would have been like before going to the event to get anything at the event would have just been amazing. And it, mm. it was amazing, Yes, <laughs> um, but I had no expectations. So I was like, okay, it's really hard to judge as well where she is in terms of, in terms of her speed and what place she could potentially get abroad because she's never competed before. Mm. <laughs> she's never competed abroad before. That's a tongue twister. <laughs> um, so it was one of those where if we go clear, could we win? Or if we go clear and do our best for impossible, are we going to be 20th? Like I, mm-hmm. I had no idea. So it was one of those where it was like, no, let's just go as fast yeah. as we can and see what happens. So uh, yeah, that's what we did. And she won the round, which was... Amazing. That must have been such an incredible feeling, especially like say going in there with no expectations. You know, you your young dogs first of to World Championships. You couldn't have asked for a better result with that. No, definitely not. And um, she, we were running, I think, two thirds of the way, the way through. So it's quite a good mm-hmm. running order, really, because yeah. going, I think, right at the end or right at the beginning is probably not so good either way. So it was mm. a perfect running order for us. And she went into the lead straight away. And I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But like, <laughs> we've still got loads of dogs to go. Mm-hmm. And then the sort of dogs were one after the one that was either getting quite close to the time, but not beating her or mm. um, obviously getting faults or eliminations. And I was thinking, wow, this is crazy. But maybe if you <laughs> stay in the, the top five and be in contention, yes. like, that would be perfect. And then as the dogs were going, she was staying and staying and staying. And then, yeah, she ended up winning, which was just like, I couldn't really believe it. I was like, wow, this is crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But then it also put us on a crazy amount of pressure for the next round because you would then run in reverse order. So we were running last in the... I was going to ask, next, so. how, how, how did you mentally, you know, obviously, like I say, you went in there with no expectations anyway, so you, you felt a bit better. Um, but, you know, running last at the Agility World Championships, that must have obviously had a lot of pressure there. Uh, yes. Yes and no. I think mm-hmm. it's one of those where because she's still so young and I into this year obviously we tried out so we were hoping to try and get into a position where we were able to qualify for the event but Mm -hmm. like it's unheard of I think really for a dog of Mm. her age to qualify so it's one of those where I don't I didn't expect her to qualify so it was almost like Mm. this year was fantastic to sort of go there and run and even have the opportunity but um like most dogs I think with my colleagues for example I, even next year in terms of their age so like when mm-hmm. they're three three and a half that's mm-hmm. still pushing it to try and get on teams I yeah. think so yeah um for me these first two years with her are like wow let's just see what happens mm-hmm. so uh yeah she was she was good and I think there was a little bit of pressure not not too much obviously I was mm-hmm. nervous but I just tried to sort of keep myself warm and I did listen to some music beforehand mm-hmm. I find it just sort of takes this environment away because you're in the sort of yeah it's a cool stadium you're in so you're sort of behind the scenes but you can hear the crowd you can hear the music it's sort of the the atmosphere so it is there yeah I think a little bit of nerves are good but I did just listen to a little bit of music sort of five minutes before I ran and then up to about probably a minute before I ran so I could mm-hmm. just be like right chill out get my breathing sorted yes I don't want to pass any stress down to her is the main yes. thing like the main thing is we run, we do, we do as best as we can. If we get eliminated at number one or eliminated at number two, who cares? Let's just give her a good experience. So that was sort of my plan. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, 
sort of worked. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you, because I mean, it would. I mean, those courses are you know that they're, they're so high level in terms of you, it's asking a lot of not only the dog but you, you know yourself as a handler, fitness wise, mm. and you know you have to push, especially with it being the um, position you were in, and you know the it's the you know um, most pivotal kind of run of the of the um of the show basically um, yeah so it must well, have been <laughs> crazy it's crazy really but it was almost like uh, i don't really have to word it best but the mm. biggest position i'd ever been in ever mm-hmm. in any terms of any agility run yeah so it was yeah it was a bit crazy <laughs> bless her but you you did very well to keep it i mean you saved your run right at the end i don't know if you want to mention any about that <laughs> i can tell you like oh how do i go about how do i go about <laughs> basically for anyone listening that didn't see i stacked it towards the end <laughs> fell over one obstacle from the end otherwise she probably would have won <laughs> so uh yeah we did do some timings and straight away i was thinking okay well we lost a little bit of time maybe mm-hmm. i would come second and not we ended up coming third overall. We got a clean yes. run. We ended up coming third. And um, when we timed it, I thought, okay, well, no, okay, maybe I would have come second. Like, obviously, I was super gutted mm-hmm. because I'm more, I didn't do as best as I could. It wasn't mm-hmm. even the result. It was more, I let her down and I let mm-hmm. myself down by not doing the best run possible. Um, but then when we timed it, I was like, mm, okay, no, I think I would have been like half a second clear of winning. But <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> never mind. Never, never mind. mind. It's one of those things, you know. It's an experience, isn't it? Something to look back on and and obviously um, work on again. I mean, as you say, now you know where selfie compares to in in terms of on a world level. Um, I'm sure that'll you know in planning wise and and preparing, you'll feel a lot more confident. I imagine um, going into the next next few stages yeah, hopefully more i guess more confident maybe a little bit more pressure as well because yes. i think people can go okay well this dog had really good times in the previous mm-hmm. event so you've got a few more eyes on you as such yes. but um it's definitely made me <laughs> more motivated to make us both better because i think the whole fall over it was a combination of definitely of course my fitness if i was improved if i had a better fitness it probably wouldn't have happened but also if she would be more trained so I didn't Mm -hmm. have to help her literally almost everywhere on course then I wouldn't have had to run so far so then I probably wouldn't have fell over anyway really the weaves that was the worst situation Mm -hmm. for my weaves so the weaves were two obstacles three obstacles from the end and it was Mm -hmm. an open face weave entry and then you had to run off the opposite direction so (laughs) I knew she 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 couldn't she couldn't do that how I would do Mm -hmm. that with her even now so mm-hmm. even two months after the event, she would be yeah. able to handle that situation much better mm-hmm. just because of training and experience. And if it was one of my large dogs, it would have just hopefully been super easy. Send in, race off, get ahead. Yeah. I'd have had like 10 minutes to spare. Oh. But with her, I thought, <laughs> I thought, oh, I've really got to help her. I've got to wait by the exit. Otherwise, I think she'll chase yeah. me. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just waste a little bit of time there and then take the hit on time, but hopefully mm-hmm. probably go clear. I took the hit on time, but then, I don't know, my legs just died. Before I went in the weaves, they were dying. I could feel them. I was like, oh, oh my God, God, my legs are dead. But I yeah. thought, keep going, keep going, keep going. And then as she was going, stayed in the weaves, I thought, right, push to the end because the last jump was a little bit yeah. offset to the final tunnel. I thought, really race off, really help her. And then I think because I tried to run harder, but my mm. body was already dead, it just literally went. And then before I even knew anything, I was on the floor and I was like, ah, get back up quick. <laughs> Over the I mean, so. you did save it though, and like I say, to even just get you know third overall from you know obviously having that time, you you know like I say that, that it would have put you far more ahead, but to even come third overall with that was phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, she was super, and I think if I would have come fourth or fifth, I would have been mm. like so so gutted. Because yeah, you miss out on everything, and um, yeah. it was amazing just to get the result. The result we did, like if you would have said to me before the event you know, you're going to get overall third position. I'd be like, no, you're crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And if you would have said that to me six months ago, I'd have been like, oh, no, that's crazy. Like, it's just, why even mention that? Like, but... <laughs> so she was amazing. And she's given me lots more motivation to train and motivate myself as well for training. So, oh. yeah, really, I guess you maybe in the long run, it's a good thing. That's what I'm trying to look at yes. it as. Yeah. <laughs> 
good experience especially like I say hopefully you know you've got lots more agility world championships in front of your fingers crossed for touchwood um but yeah that's the first for a first deal to our championship i think that goes down in history probably it's one of the best <laughs> <laughs> yeah well you said, i don't think you could get too much better than that to be no. fair she was amazing but it would have been <laughs> if you if we would have won we would have then automatically qualified for next year which oh. then would have made things so much easier yeah no tryout <laughs> process no bothering with that yeah. <laughs> would have given more time to focus but hey ho never mind Never mind. Um, so I did ask on um, over on my Instagram um, for any anyone that follows me. It, I didn't mention this is a surprise who who I'm doing the um, podcast with. So they don't know it's you, Martin. Right. <laughs> um, but now they do, obviously. Um, but the questions um, we got sent in, there were some really good ones. Obviously, I've sent them across to you in advance. Yeah. And um, so the first one we'll kind of look at is um, when course walking. Um, what's the strategy you usually go for so obviously you've kind of touched on this already but like do you go all out or play it safe obviously you you mentioned earlier it depends on on where you are position wise and stuff but if you want to touch on that a bit yeah it depends on um are we talking more about just general like general agility or specific events well i mean if you want to compare it so you know if you want to compare in general to a normal show compared to you know at the agility world championships like how you would adapt maybe your course walking um at all or anything like that to um the agility world championships specifically yeah so i guess first of all with any course that i'm running i walk the course and try and find what i would say is the fastest route for the dog so mm-hmm. a lot of times you'll have the options you're going to slice the pole you're going to wrap yeah. the pole what what's the shortest distance what does the exit line um what's the exit line and if you take the wrap or the slice i sort mm-hmm. of position myself where i think my dogs will land mm-hmm. and then sort of sight it from their point of view um sort of i think of the amount of wrap or the amount of turn or collection yeah. that the dog has to do on the jump um so first of all i try and map out what i would say is the fastest route for the dog mm-hmm. And then depending on what competition it is would then depend on what I would sort of think about. So uh, it's quite difficult as well, because at the same time, safe rounds are good. But I think mm-hmm. you don't want to get in the habit of doing safe rounds because you don't want yeah. the dog to step off the gas and learn. Yeah. This is how we run the agility. Like times are so tight now, I think across mm. all heights that every little bit of second counts. So I think, if you're constantly doing safe rounds with the dogs, you're putting them in that mindset and then it mm-hmm. might be quite difficult to break them out of that mindset to then push for that extra little bit of speed. So mm-hmm. I think you've got to be careful. Every dog's a little bit different with that as well. Um, but definitely with Selfie, I think I've got to be super careful of that because I think if I step off the gas too much with her, yeah. I think she'll be very comfortable to then want to do that more and more often. Mm-hmm. I think with our collies, it's not quite so important. We can play the safer ways a little bit more so. But mm-hmm. I think just with Southie, she's a little bit more, okay, you've ran two or three runs and you've sort of given me 80%. So I'm going to step back and give you 80%. <laughs> but then when I want that extra little bit of sort of to make the 100%, she might not then match me for that on that specific round. So yeah, for her, a little bit less. So for her, I'm more like, right, we're going for it. Let's just get the yeah. best motivation and speed we can from her. Of course, we want to maintain our criteria if we are doing so. So it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. mean I'm racing my contacts, for instance. Yeah. But it just means I'm not sort of chilling out and running out of the course with her. I'm giving her everything in the hope that she then gives me everything. I guess some situations, if the let's say I've walked the course and there's, we're in a, a champ class or mm-hmm. we're at a team run for some of these international events, and there's only a maybe if I slice the pole, it's slightly quicker but the risk of getting them eliminated, eliminated, eliminated <laughs> or a fault is uh, higher than maybe if I take a slightly slower route, mm-hmm. then maybe that's something I would consider is just doing the slightly slower way just to make sure I don't get the elimination or the faults or have less chance of doing so. And maybe that's something if we were running a team event, we would speak to the team about, about mm-hmm. to say, I think maybe I'm, 50% less likely to get eliminated if I'm to go the slower route here I oh. might lose half a second does everyone like agree that I should take the slower route or mm-hmm. should we go all out and go for the win so sort of depends on the rest of the team's mentality as well yeah. do we want to try and get a podium or do we want to try and win a gold medal so depends who's on the team I guess and yeah. the mindset we want to go in with 
Oh, wow. I didn't even realise that. So like you say, that's really interesting that, you know, when you're working as a team, you all kind of discuss together and, and you know, collaborate and um, decide as a team. That's that's interesting. Like I say, I've, you know, I've never heard of that. Um, but wow. That, so that's... Um... Yeah, I think we always, um, when we're at the events especially, because mm-hmm. really they're only the events now where there's big team events because it used to be the Crofts team. Yes. But obviously that's gone. So there's not really any like team events i think yeah that people tend to do i don't know maybe there's odd ones here and there but mm-hmm. um i think really it's interesting as well because i think when we're abroad the team event is almost looked on as very similar value to the individual mm-hmm. event in yeah. terms of um prestige sort of prestige yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, whereas i think when we're uh, over here in the uk it's a little bit mm. more our oh, team event no one really cares yeah whereas actually abroad it's just as important i think oh. when we're on that team i think it's just as important for us as well mm-hmm. um but yeah we always we tend to get a course plan beforehand before mm-hmm. we're actually walking the course so we tend to sit together as a team and then mm-hmm. look at the different options on the course plan it's always set up a little bit different so mm. we might have to adapt when we're actually walking the course but we'll definitely talk through maybe some of the handling options or some of the dog's lines or choices that we might go through and then mm-hmm. maybe talk to each other so like in, for example if we've had the jumping course which is typically the first first round out of two rounds mm-hmm. let's say for instance if we've all done really badly well then usually i guess the mindset going into the agility round is let's just go for the win and try and get the the round the best position in the round possible mm-hmm. whereas if we had done really well in the jumping and we were going into the agility in a really high position maybe we would go okay well actually let's play a little bit more safe because yeah. we could still podium or get a gold medal with going clear rather than getting the best times oh amazing it's like i say it's so it's probably for myself who obviously i find it very interesting hearing about kind of the decision and the behind the scenes but i hope for people listening um it'll be really you know really insightful for them as well to see how it actually works and it's um thank you for that thank you for sharing that um, yeah no it's, um, it's really good to work together as a team i think you really get to sort of know the people on your team mm-hmm. um you sort of tend to train together before the event as mm-hmm. well and develop a little bit of friendship and bond there so which maybe you wouldn't have unless you were sort of on that team so that's mm. yeah, cool oh brilliant um so another question we got was um what the qualification process is like um to qualify for the jail to world champion so I, I know you mentioned a little bit about you know you're starting to prepare for next year um so yeah. i don't know if you want to kind of talk through briefly um what kind of what it entails um what you're kind yeah. of doing to prepare for it maybe as well yeah, I'll try, I'll try my best. It's forever <laughs> changing a little bit. Yeah, so, <laughs> noticed that. The, the goalposts are changing. It's sort of moving around, obviously, to improve year by yes. year. Last year was uh, Greg's first year as manager. So it was a sort of a complete new system last yes. year. Um, although he was supposed to be before, obviously, COVID hit. So it was a new mm-hmm. system for last year. And then last year was very different because... Uh, of COVID so it meant mm-hmm. that the qualifications were very different to compared to this year but I think some things are still the same so I'll, mm-hmm. I'll try and run through maybe the process which I think is going on for this year and maybe compare a little bit to last year so yeah. um, I believe if you've won a championship ticket or a mm-hmm. reserve ticket or finished in the top 30 of the Olympia not Olympia so the, yes. the Canada Agility <laughs> Stakes whatever they yes. call it um, <laughs> If you finish in the top 30 there or you qualify for Crufts singles competition, mm-hmm. I believe if you do any of those things, that puts you onto the PSQ weekend, mm-hmm. which is the pre-selection qualifier. Um, I'll speak through that a little bit in a moment. Mm-hmm. If you don't qualify through any of those things I've just spoken about, then there is the open showcase, which mm-hmm. any dog can enter. So that is, um, let me have a quick look at my diary. I have got it here. Is it about <laughs> February time? Is February, it? middle yeah. of February. <clears throat> middle yeah. February, so yeah. I think it's penciled in for the 17th, 18th and 19th mm-hmm. of February. But I think that will depend, how many days will depend on entry levels. Yeah. Um, but anyone can enter mm-hmm. any level and any age of dog. I think the only thing you do have to bear in mind is to actually compete at the championships. Mm-hmm. The dog has to be two years old. So thankfully oh, Selfie was just about old enough. she was one month <laughs> one month old enough to qualify oh, at the european opens so <laughs> her birthday was at a perfect point um and then the only other thing to bear in mind for the agility world championships the dog has to be pedigree to compete yes 
if you're um, non-pedigree, you can still try out for the European Opens, but mm-hmm. the World Championship is only for pedigree dogs. Um, so I think the qualification, I'm not exactly sure how you qualify mm-hmm. on that Open Showcase now. Mm-hmm. There are definitely some win-on positions, so you yes. can win your way onto the the next bit of the qualification, mm-hmm. which then would be the pre-selection qualifier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there are some uh, spots available that the managers, coaches or whoever mm-hmm. uh, can also select from that open showcase as well. So maybe even if you don't have the best weekend, you mm-hmm. can still get through to the next stage. Yes. Um, so that's the first part. So either getting your way to the pre-selection through mm-hmm. the qualifications of this year's competitions or the open showcase. I think it was interesting because they were considering not doing the open showcase again because mm-hmm. um, it was only really a possibility this year, so year 2022, mm. uh, because of COVID. So the dog people didn't I have see. the opportunities to sort of try out with their younger dogs as such. But yeah. I think the theory was um, the Southie came from that process mm-hmm. of the open showcase. So they thought, why would we not want to do it if we've had success from it? So yes, Selfie has opened the way forward. Hopefully, oh, well, she's hopefully <laughs> opened the door for lots. Well. Yes, which so. is again another thing that she's done. Um, you can tick that off your list. She's um, left a bit of a legacy there as well. Hopefully, <laughs> so yeah, hopefully they carry it on anyway because I think that mm-hmm. gives people maybe the opportunity that can't go around to mm. lots of shows <clears> or travel country. It gives everyone a chance to, yes. to go and qualify for the teams as well. Um, once you're at pre, pre-selection mm-hmm. qualifier or however they word it, PSQ. Yes. Um, uh, there are win-on spots and also selection available for the following uh, qualification periods. Mm-hmm. So I, ca- I can't remember off the top of my head, to be honest. I, I think see. it's about <laughs> this year, maybe 50% of the positions from that mm-hmm. weekend were win-ons. And then uh-huh. 50% were selections from the um, management team. Mm-hmm. Um, from there, you qualified from that event, you then qualified for both European Open and uh, Agility World Championships weekend qualifiers, if the dog was pedigree, of course, and if mm-hmm. you were the handler wanting to try and try out the both. Yes. Um, I think for the EOs, there was quite a lot of win-on spots. I can't remember mm-hmm. exactly the numbers, but I would say it was probably at least 50% mm-hmm. um, this year. I'm not sure if it's changed going into next year, uh, but there was definitely quite a few win-on spots from either individual rounds. I think you had to qualify in the day for the final and then the final, mm-hmm. the winner of that then qualified for the team. And then maybe the following day, it was a combination result mm-hmm. of the, the two runs, something along those lines yeah. anyway. So you could either win on or again, you could get, selected for the management for um you had really good positions or mm-hmm. you showed potential or for whatever reason they wanted to take you yes um and then it was very similar for the world championship weekend as well i think last year or this current year so 2022 they had it so i think the, the first day of the tryouts the overall winner would qualify for their height team run and then the mm-hmm. second day the overall winner would qualify for the overall oh sorry the your individual height round yes. so i think <clears throat> next year 2023 i think it's slightly changed so you can qualify to be on either the team or individual or potentially oh. both with the win on spot but the management will put you in the position where okay they're going to put you in team because that's where they think you're mm-hmm. going to do best or yeah. they're going to put you in individual or they might put you in both so I think Fantastic. that has slightly changed yeah. from it. But there's win-on spots basically for everything and yeah. also selection spots. For Amazing. Everything. So anyone so can win on to the team. There's all to play for, definitely. All to play for. <laughs> so in terms of kind of preparing for that, is there anything you do specifically when you, you know, working towards the qualification process? Um, if there's uh, anyone else listening, you know, who's looking to do that, is is there anything you'd recommend or... Ah, a lot we do a lot really that's <laughs> that tends to be our main focus of the yeah. year mm-hmm. um and everything else sort of comes along with that so our main mm-hmm. focus is to try and qualify for the teams yes and then once we've qualified for the teams our main focus then becomes the actual events so yes everything else we sort of have to work around throughout the year okay mm-hmm. when are we going to have to when are we going to need to rest the dogs when are we going to work the dogs so on and so on mm-hmm. so really um for me 
we're starting to research now the uh, qualification mm-hmm. uh, judges. Okay. So I don't think they're specifically having the judges over because I think finances will be too, yeah. too sort of great to bring them over. Costly, but yeah. we, we know the judges for the events next year already for both events mm-hmm. and already online on the Kennel Club website, I think on the mm-hmm. Agility Team GB page on there. They have got the, they're going to either get the judges to design courses that they're mm-hmm. going to set up or they're going to make interpretations of the judges uh, courses oh. from past course plans they've made mm-hmm. so uh, everything should be based pretty much on the judges that we're going to see at the events next mm-hmm. year so we're researching those courses seeing if there's any trends that they like to do do they like to do straight dog walks loose mm-hmm. turns off the dog walks tight turns off the dog walks unfortunately some of them do mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, weave entries do they do what type of weave entries or exits any sort of jumping uh sequences that they sort of tend to set time and time again and i think a lot of the time there are lots of trends so mm. we're sort of researching those we've not necessarily uh sort of trained those courses yet mm-hmm. we've researched them in preparation probably yeah. uh, maybe two months beforehand we'll maybe try and set up a course once a week or twice a week however much time we've got uh from the different judges and work through the sections there uh we're always working on the dog's fitness Obviously, they have downtime as well, and we've got to mm-hmm. schedule that in. Uh, but we're always working on the dog's fitness, body awareness, strength, conditioning, physiotherapy with them, uh, treadmill, endurance, a sort of an ongoing project. Yeah. But we just tailor and ramp it up according to when we want the dogs to peak. So yes. leading up to these qualification events, we'll sort of get them probably eight weeks beforehand we'll start to ramp it up a little bit with them Mm -hmm. and then after then we'll sort of back off a little bit and then hopefully if we can qualify for the events again then we'll sort of ramp it up eight to 12 weeks before Mm -hmm. those events to try and get the dogs up to peak fitness again so there's always always things to be done away from agility really yes to to get the best performance from the dogs at agility as well as obviously trying to get in the agility training as well (laughs) there's just so much to do you could just go on forever couldn't you with with everything and um with the dogs um what what they require and that they just go show how much effort you know you do put into it to get to that level um Mm. in terms of so it's enough some more questions um we've got from so that was brilliant thank you for that um there's some more questions i've got um, I'll try not to talk your ear off too much. That's not what I was aiming for. I'll make, we'll, we'll try and give you some positive stuff. So um, how do you find um, competing at the Agility World Championships compares to other major events, like, for example, the European Open? Obviously, you've had lots of experience there as well. Um, how do you find those you know, two events or even things like Olympia and Crufts? Um, is there anything specific to the Agility World Championships that kind of you know, gives you that feeling? Uh, it's, just, it's just different. It's like mm-hmm. the, only, the only event where everyone in that arena is mm-hmm. there for the agility. Yeah, um, it's one ring as well. So I think the big difference mm-hmm. between the European Open and mm-hmm. the World Championships are until you get to the final day of the European mm-hmm. Opens, it's very much just like a normal show. There's four rings, okay. there's everything going on. Mm-hmm. You can try and watch watch out for people because obviously everyone there is, is amazing. So you want to try and watch everyone, but of course you miss people. Mm-hmm. But the World Championship, it's one one ring dedicated. You're there mm-hmm. if you're watching. You're watching the only dog running at that event. So. Mm-hmm. All the focus is on you. Um, obviously, Crufts is amazing and Olympia is amazing or not Olympia anymore. <laughs> um, but most of the people there haven't got a clue what they're there for. Mm-hmm. Like at Crufts, it's a little bit more so because, of course, they're dog people. But Olympia, yeah. they're all horse people. Yes. Obviously, it still gives you a great buzz. But people don't have a clue what goes into it. Maybe they do mm-hmm. a little bit because they understand with the horses, the show jumping, how much yeah. goes into them. But whether they relate how important it is it is for mm-hmm. us with the dogs compared to them with the horses probably they don't estimate how much we put into it <laughs> yeah. i would say the amount of money they get in the horses in comparison to the dogs is just yes uh yeah crazy. <laughs> so uh crust is of course good because there's our dog people there but it's a bit of a different atmosphere like mm-hmm. it's still an incredible event but it's just a different atmosphere i'd say for me there's nothing that compares to the world championships mm-hmm. because 
of the coverage it gets of the the live stream, the commentators, mm. the crowd, the team, all the focus is on that one person in the ring. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's nothing like it for me. Yeah. Oh well, that that's pretty. I mean, as you say, even as a spectator, spectator, there's there's nothing compares, does it? Um, when you're watching the agility world championships, um, as you say, it's just so dedicated purely to the top level of agility. It's phenomenal yeah. to watch. I think um, so, and. When I'm there, I want to watch every single dog of all height categories. Like, <laughs> I don't understand the people who go to these events and either compete or go mm. to spectate and sort of drip in, drip out, don't really want to watch people. I think, are you crazy? Like, yes. <laughs> I love agility so much. Like, I love agility not just to train my dogs. Yeah. I love agility to see other people's yeah. dogs and see the partnerships develop or go, oh my God, they have crazy skills. Like, I want to be able to do that. And I want to. I literally watched any opportunity. I was in the stands watching every single dog because I enjoy watching it. So I, mm. yeah, I just find it crazy that people, um, which were there especially, didn't want to do that. Yeah. And even like live streaming. Like if I wasn't there, I would always live stream the event. I would always oh. want to watch it and just be so into it. So. Without a doubt. I mean, if it weren't for the fact that I worked full time, I would. I'm, <laughs> I'm planning that. To be fair, I'd like to go out there next year and, and spectate it from in person because I think it'd just be such a cool experience. Um, but yeah, it's Definitely. just like you say, it just doesn't compare, does it? Um, uh, and I think for anyone listening or yourself, next year it's um, scheduled to be held in Czech Republic. And Fantastic. if there's a place to go, there's a perfect place because it's actually really cheap over there. So oh, we can, I competed there like five years ago. For some mm-hmm. reason, they seem to have it in Czech Republic every five years. Maybe it's just quite mm-hmm. central. But <laughs> I remember like we'd go out for dinner and we'd have a three course meal in like a quite nice place, like not mm-hmm. like a three star Michelin restaurant, but it was a nice place. <laughs> And having like a drink, and it was like ten euros. I was like, "This is crazy." <laughs> oh, so it's definitely so, the good agility holiday to book in if you're going to do anything next year. Definitely get yourself to yeah, Czech Republic then. <laughs> yeah, compared to some other countries which are like really expensive, like yeah. Sweden's quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Austria was relatively expensive, so I'm mm-hmm. hoping next year Czech's going to be really cheap. <laughs> yeah. Make it make a year a bit easier, won't it? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Oh, fantastic! Um, so another question um, we got was. What do you enjoy most about competing at Jill Championships? Which I know you've kind of touched on anyways with obviously the spectating. Is there anything else, you know, um, there that you do love? <laughs> uh, just the buzz of everything. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just hard to hard to put into words apart mm-hmm. from like the atmosphere, I think, you yeah. get there. So, and it seems um, so supportive. It comes across on, on obviously live stream of the, my, me personally not being there but live streaming yeah. always comes across that everyone's rooting for everyone um, I think so I think so I think you've we've got good support from GB the managers mm-hmm. the, the team members also we have usually we have um, a good handful of people who've come out the last few years and they're really mm-hmm. appreciated it like really adds to the atmosphere yeah um, and of course like you make friends with the international people mm-hmm. that maybe regularly compete there as well and they root for you and then maybe their friends and then it's just it's just amazing atmosphere i think for anyone competing and bless there's some countries that come over from the far ends of the the earth and uh, <laughs> everyone's rooting for those as well oh. um, there's, there's one person representing their country and mm-hmm. it's from a, a place where you maybe wouldn't typically think they'd do agility mm-hmm. and they're there representing their country and it's just great to give them support as well Oh, that's so heartwarming to hear that. Obviously, you know, it must be daunting going in there on their own and having that support mm. must be really, really meaningful for them. Um, so another question. Um, I'll I'll try and do this as the last one because obviously, bless you, you've given us so much time already. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, right. So if you could relive one agility run from your Agility World champion, <laughs> Championships experiences, which would it be oh. and why? <laughs> which would it be which would it be i'd have to say it would be the large individual agility mm-hmm. with snooze mm-hmm. so i think with southie's one it was stupid but mm-hmm. she hopefully has plenty more years so i'm not too fussed about like okay it was irritating but she still got a result uh with snooze I'm not sure whether we mentioned it earlier but with mm-hmm. the individual yes. so we came um i think we were 17th in the jumping mm-hmm. so the first round was the jumping round i think we came 17th Mm-hmm. It was um, a really fast course, and he had a really, really nice run. I was really happy with it. Um, but the yeah, it was just we were seventeenth, so we weren't the quickest. Mm-hmm. And then the agility round was just um, as we sort of partially expected it might be. 
so mm-hmm. earlier on when I said the judges felt perfect for me because yes. for the large height I wanted that crazy difficult course mm-hmm. and that's what we got so um we went in and there was the whole course was difficult from one to 21 or 22 however mm-hmm. many numbers it was it was really really difficult so uh, it was the perfect round for me I thought from 17th it's possible maybe to get mm-hmm. to the top three but yeah. I think very very unlikely so I didn't actually have that much pressure going into it because mm-hmm. I thought well we can do our best round but I think we're unlikely to get any result so unfortunately snooze had the pole down at number two oh. Apart from that, the rest of the round was perfect, which was oh, super God. irritating yeah. because we came fifth with five faults. Um, Incredible. If we wouldn't <laughs> have had the five faults and we would mm-hmm. have been clear, we would have got overall second position, which would have been silver oh. medal, which would have just been crazy. Yeah, would have so, topped off you. <laughs> yeah, and annoyingly, I walked the course and I thought, oh, pole two, I don't like this. It's a bad jump for mm-hmm. him push him a little bit wider try and shape his line mm-hmm. onto it to make him sort of put in an extra stride and yeah. hopefully be clean because I thought this point on this course like there's mm-hmm. only the odd clear round <laughs> so yeah let's just try and go clear and I thought I pushed him out wider than what I did mm-hmm. and watching the video back I thought oh, I needed to be like half a step more just to make oh. sure and yeah. then if I would have done that then and then maybe we mm-hmm. would have had overall second position which would have just been crazy so if I could rerun or relive or re whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> any relive, yeah. that one, I would just <laughs> make that, that extra half step and then oh. potentially if everything else was the same on the course mm-hmm. then we would have been overall second position which would have yeah as I say would have just been unthinkable really so especially to go from 17th to that position so mm-hmm. Um, it's really difficult as well going into future years. One mm-hmm. of the reasons why I would want to relive that one is I'm not quite sure in future years, unless mm-hmm. shapes coming up through the ranks a little bit, hopefully. Yes. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen in terms of qualification. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I would love to try and get all of my dogs on there, and I think they are all mm-hmm. good enough to be on there, but I'm just not sure that the management will want to take me with three dogs. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Well, let's well, try and make it so they have to take me. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> but, make um, it make it so it's really hard to not, not to do that. <laughs> yeah, so that's the only, that's one of the other reasons why I'd want to relive that as well, because um, I'm not sure how many, with obviously COVID as well, Snooze mm. isn't the youngest now. So I think they were mm-hmm. born in 2016, so they were five. Oh, wow, five, it's flown by. Six. So I think that's mm-hmm. right. What are they, six? They might even be six. My dates, I think they're mm-hmm. six. <laughs> so i don't know covid's just ruined like their best Has. year well not their best years but one of their best mm-hmm. years at least so mm-hmm. ah yeah that would be the one to relive relive yeah so just to finish on a positive um obviously you've got such such great experiences and you know you've given so much brilliant advice already on this podcast um so for anyone who's kind of interested in learning more about your training and kind of you know being tutored a little bit more by I don't know if you want to kind of mention Intershape I've been a member of Intershape uh, myself and I found it phenomenally um helpful with my own training with my dog so um yeah if you want to kind of have a little have a little um Promo of, of Intershape for us. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Intershape is ran by myself and my partner, Nora Cuddy. Um, it's an online training platform. So uh, we have almost everything on there. It was hopefully is what we try and aim yes. to achieve. So um, it's very, very we, um, extensive. The 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 level of you know training that's on there. It's incredible. Uh, Everything yeah, you can think hope, of. <laughs> hopefully, I try it. Well, we try to make it like that, but it's really mm-hmm. difficult because the more we put on there, then the almost less organised it is. So mm-hmm. oh, it's really difficult to try and make it easy and user friendly, but yeah. then have everything on there. And I think when we looked mm-hmm. the other day, I think I looked, we had like six, seven hundred videos or something oh, crazy. So incredible. Um, it's got everything on there. So from training, jump skills, running contacts, mm-hmm. stop contacts, seesaws, weave entries, weave exits, which I've done a lot of that recently. <laughs> um, it's got all of those on there, but also it has got a little bit of some of the fitness and conditioning stuff we do because I thought that's something that we do regularly. And mm-hmm. as I say, we, we ramp up more towards going into these events. So mm-hmm. everything is on there that 
really we do so it's not there's not anything that I think or oh, not going to tell people that because I think mm-hmm. that makes my dogs this little bit extra mm-hmm. like good like everything yeah. that we do even like fitness exercise wise and all of those types of things as well as agility are on the website obviously we go to places and we get the dogs treated and they do exercises mm-hmm. with them and I yes. don't copy their exercises so like yeah. their exercises aren't on the website but just little mm-hmm. bits and pieces of what we've picked up over the years mm-hmm. um or sort of worked out what could maybe help our dogs for ourselves then that's on there as well mm-hmm. um so it's a subscription website so there's different options available uh the best option i would say that most people tend to do is the 12 months minimum subscription Mm -hmm. so it's a rolling subscription where you sign up for at least 12 months and then thereafter it's rolling it's 15 pounds 50 a month currently Mm. maybe one day it will go up it's been the same forever (laughs) maybe one (laughs) day so if if you're gonna sign up now definitely sign up up, yeah sign up because maybe (laughs) with everything going up it needs to increase a little bit so i mean for what um, for what's on there it's it's a steal it's really is a steal for you know thank you you, you. you're talking like a pencil a pencil video at that rate you know it's it's (laughs) insane (laughs) well something we wanted to do was make it affordable for Yeah. everyone to have so um when i was first started training agility mm-hmm. like we couldn't afford any mm-hmm. uh like there wasn't so many like workshops back then which yeah. were expensive to be honest anyway it was more just yeah. like local clubs but yeah. um if we if if i was 10 years ago and i could have access to hopefully into shape now mm-hmm. i think i just find it so good because i think everyone can hopefully afford it if mm-hmm. You know, if you're spending money going to a workshop, it's probably less yeah. than half the price of that Without one workshop for the month. Yeah. So, and what you um, save on workshops, you can invest into equipment to obviously do more, be able yeah. to do more at home. And that's something we've really tried to sort of base the website around. So, uh, we've moved house as well now. So we live on uh, it's a new build estate, so we only have a small garden. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, lots of stuff on the website now is actually we've sort of taught in the garden. So. hopefully it's very appropriate for people on either like one jump or we can Mm -hmm. just about literally just about get a set of 12 weaves in the garden Mm -hmm. um so all of our entry work or exit work can be practiced in minimal space Mm -hmm. we can do jump tunnel discrimination just in that tiny little bit of space as well so hopefully it's not just made for people who have got their own equipment or their own field it's literally made for everyone so you've got one jump you could literally probably see hundreds of exercises you can see Mm -hmm. on the website so uh, yeah, it starts from £15.50 a month anyway, and that's with the yearly subscription. Yep. So we have got the other options available for people which maybe just wanted to try it. Mm-hmm. So there's a three-month subscription or a six-month subscription. They're slightly more expensive for the less mm-hmm. time you do. But let's say you just wanted to give it a dabble for three yeah. months, then you can sort of see where it's at. I think the three-month one is £29 for each mm-hmm. month for three months. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of see where it wait you know if that's something you're interested in joining for longer or you just yeah. use it for three months um and we do have some multi-person subscriptions as well so yes. if you're part of a club or a friendship group and you wanted to save a bit of money but a few mm-hmm. of you wanted to sign up i think there's a three and five person and membership as well so we've really hopefully tried to make it accessible um for everyone to use and to try and cover everything as well rather than spend hundreds of pounds just mm. to learn one aspect of agility hopefully you can spend 15 pounds 15 a month <laughs> get everything um, which is amazing it's the idea <laughs> so yeah that's the idea as well you also um as a member get access to a private group on facebook so yes. people can ask any questions or post some videos um, we have monthly q and a's as well so um, a little bit like we've done on the podcast here mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> uh, people can ask us questions and then we can give a little bit more of a detailed answer mm-hmm. uh, having the Q&A's on video rather than necessarily typing them all out yes. um, so yeah that's into shape um, we do do our own training as well mm-hmm. if you go onto the website which is www.intoshapeagility.com you can click on the link at the top which has got training days and camps and if you click on that it then takes uh, you've got three options you've got the into shape sort of events so mm-hmm. camps that me and my me and my me and myself <laughs> myself <laughs> and nara run uh, and we both teach on and then you've got my training events and then you've got nara's training events sort of on separate links so hopefully everything can be navigated on from there brilliant and i, I must admit i i've trained with you 
with yourself and Nara in the past and I don't think it, anything compares it you you know your expertise has been oh, incredible it was my own dogs <laughs> um, and I've, I've got an, I've got a workshop with Nara I think it's next week actually Nara and Dave oh, uh, with my young dog so I'm looking forward to that so um but yeah thank you ever so much um Martin for your time I really appreciate it and as I say we've we've <laughs> we've got gone on for quite some time actually it's been been a really good podcast so hopefully it'll be a good one for people to listening to um so yeah so as i say um thank you ever so much and we wish you the best of luck during the next qualification process and fingers crossed at the next agile to our championships thank you very much and thanks for having me and yeah i've really enjoyed it so hopefully lovely. you have too and hopefully everyone else has see you around. <laughs> yes we'll definitely see you around lovely thank you ever so much martin um,